This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Grant and Danny welcoming you back. 106.7 The Fan taking you up to 6.30 this evening. I'll be solo for the back end of the show because Danny has an engagement tonight. There goes the Hall of Famer. He's getting inducted yeah. into the Sports Hall of Fame over at the George Washington University. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Oh, thank you, studio audience. You give a speech? So the, the way they have it set up is all the inductees, so I'm just one of, I think, eight or nine, uh, the folks far more deserving than I am. The athletic director is going to be up there with us, and I think it's kind of like a brief Q&A sort of, you know, to, to the assembled masses, the throngs of thousands of people, a.k.a. ones of people that'll be there. But, you know, they'll, I'm sure they'll record it and stuff. But, yeah, so not not exactly a speech type thing where you get to thank whoever you want to thank. It's a, here are a couple questions about your experience and kind of what you're doing now and how everything has shaped one another. So there's no, like, you're Ray Lewis. Right. You're making everyone in the audience cry. Just yelling at everybody. Nothing like Look that. Look at the eyes of the face of the heart of the person that tries to stab you with the weapon that can't prosper but eat the grass. Like, I'm not going to do any of that. You should do that. I'm not going to do that. What if you just grab the mic? Just did a Ray it? Lewis bit. Because you've always probably wanted to give a speech at a Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Kind of. I think all of us at some point thought, oh, I'll give a speech at a Hall of Fame induction. Just do a Stone Cold Steve Austin bit. And, and now you're just going to be asked <laughs> questions of, you got to give your speech. You know, you've, you've, you've written it. You gotta pre- you've got prepared it for many years. It's time to, to give that speech. Tonight's the night. To man. all those that doubted me. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the, the guy who in third grade told you you'd never make it as a baseball player. That's you, right. You Keep dreaming. Him. I'm a sucker. For Hall of Fame speeches. I watch the baseball and the football Hall of Fame inductions every year. Ironic because if I ran the Hall of Fame, there'd be very few speeches. Very few people would get in. It'd be very small Hall of Fames. And, you know, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I'm pretty sure, unless you're Brian Mitchell, who's immensely deserving, like if you play nine games, you get in at this point. It's outrageous how many guys get into that Hall of Fame every year. They have five, six, seven dudes getting into the Hall of Fame. I heard the guys today at Barry Sferluga on who wrote the piece in the Post today about how deserving Brian is. And I don't just say this because he's a colleague or because he's a guy I've known since I was 10 years old who's always been great to me. When you're the best ever at something, 
And he's the best ever return man, the most accomplished, successful return uh-huh. man in the history of the league. He's number two behind Jerry Rice all time in yards. You're deserving of the Hall of Fame. Should be in the Hall of Fame. So, as an aside, B. Mitch deserves to get in. But the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I think, is just ridiculous at this point with, with the numbers. And baseball's getting there, man. Every year, based on, and I'm an analytics guy, I am, but we are using numbers now in this way that to say, well, just if you're an exceptional defensive player, that's just as important as being a great offensive player. And we're, I'm sorry, Scott Rowland has not ever been what, the best player on his own team or, or one of the bigger stars at, at any point in baseball when he was playing. I, I've made a big case about this a few weeks ago. You can go listen to, but he's now a Hall of Famer. And it's cool for him, and I'm happy for him and his family. It's not personal. I just, I don't know, man. Barry Bonds, put him in. Roger Clemens, put him in. Yeah. That's... You, you want to get Scott rolling in at some point? We, we could talk about that, but it's just, it's, well, it's you, jumped the shark. You touched on it, and that's what it is. It, it, with the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which I'll get to in a second, but baseball especially, I, I've had my issues and I've, I've espoused all those and how ridiculous those voters are where they yell at you about the character clause, right? There's, the character clause. Okay, well, that same word, same sentence as the word integrity is a bigot, an out and out racist. How about, how about uh, spousal abuser? Is that good integrity? People that you know uh, uh, cheat in all sorts of different ways by putting foreign substances on the ball, is that integrity? You don't care about that. You just decided that this one word that you bolded more than anybody else ever has, and it's only a certain kind of character that bothers you for a 10-year period. Those guys can't go, but everybody else, it's fine. Sometimes suspected users are already in. Other suspected users are out. It's so annoying, and I can't stand them. So what happens when you have the actual best players from the era not getting in? You're just going, no! Fingers in my ears to Sosa, to McGuire, to, to Clemens, to Bonds, to you know Palmero and everybody else. That's when you get, well, we didn't elect anybody last year or the year before, whatever that was. We literally had nobody go in the Hall of Fame that was eligible. Uh, Scott Rowland? That's how we get here. That's how we get to that, where we start going down the list because you're so determined to not put the best guys in because of your 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 cost to bear. And thank you for saving us all from the horrors of having the best I'll players. I'll say this in. though: we don't always have to have someone to put in either. I mean, I understand people would say, "Well, what fun is that?" But we shouldn't just expand the walls and, I, and what right. what the legitimacy should be, so that we have a party every. It was year. either twenty twenty or twenty one where they didn't include. They had nobody. They voted for no one to get in, despite candidacies of all the worthy people, and some would eventually get in. Baseball writers would drive me crazy. The pro football writers, I'm not. I don't, don't think you guys are escaping this. They drive me just as crazy, if not more. Which is these weird, sort of uh, clicky little things where, for a while, like if Peter King said yes, then they would say okay, sort of begrudgingly decide to, to go along with it these weird grudges that I feel like people have, have long had. And for so many uh, Washington Redskins now, you know, uh, 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 WFT and, and so on fans, they've always felt like there's been a thing against us. And usually I kind of scoff at that where it's like, no, nobody's fixing the game against you. No ref purposely blew the call against you. That's what every fan base thinks. When it comes to Hall of Fame stuff, you're damn right I believe that. I don't know why. I don't know what the reason is or was. The idea that it took... An act of God for Art Monk to get in. You know, the guy with the most catches when he was all done that you can't bother to, to put Brian Mitchell in or Joe Jacoby in, part of dynasties, pound all of the sand repeatedly. Yeah, Joe Jacoby not being in is inexplicable. And you just have players at the same position that get in year in and year out, some from his era, 
who he was better than, who he was more accomplished than, who he has better uh, resumes than. And it is. It's stunning. I, it's an inexact science, and I get that, and that's part of the beauty of it, the romanticism of it, is so we can sit around and, and yell about it and argue about it. But I will say one thing about a Hall of Fame. I know that at George Washington University, they do it right. Okay, yeah. And no one has ever gotten in who's not deserving. And tonight, you're getting your Our night. first one who's Be- not deserving? Oh, Be- is that... Because you are well-deserving. Thank you, dude. Uh, did you hear the Derek Carr joke last night that it made the rounds? So this was uh, Pro Bowl night last night. Derek Carr on ESPN being interviewed after he came out. And he lit it up. Now, he's in his old practice facility at the Raiders practice complex. Very comfortable. But he was just dropping dimes. He's dropping balls into buckets. He's hitting all the targets. Moving targets flying across the field. He's uh, hitting drones hanging from the sky. Making it rain, right? Comes over, and, and Ryan Clark asked a weird question about how he's never looked that good in Vegas, which is a strange thing to say. But Derek Carr played along nicely. That We got this moment out of it. By himself, listen, Derek, you've thrown touchdown passes in Vegas before. You've been on fire. Have you ever been that hot in Las Vegas? Not that hot. It's uh, probably why I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> nice. People loved it. Perfect. Make fun of yourself every That's- now and then. Perfect. It's okay to do. A little self-deprecation didn't hurt. I've always really liked Derek Carr, but I told you, I need more information on how the end happened in Vegas because it's just not common that when a guy gets benched, he leaves the team. And if the team, weirdly, and I don't think this happened, I don't know why it would, but let's say that Josh McDaniels or somebody with the club said, hey, we think it's a distraction if you're still here. Everyone's going to be asking questions about you. You're going to be the third quarterback. Everyone's going to be gathered around your locker every day. We want you to just go away the last couple of weeks as we're turning things over to Jarrett Stidham. And Carr graciously said, yeah, no problem. I understand that. I'll go hang out at home. Mm -hmm. Then that's fine. No harm, no foul. But if Derek Carr took the benching so poorly that he didn't want to be around to help mentor this young quarterback, this guy who gives these impassioned speeches about team and love of the game, and he's crying after every other loss, right? If he decided, like, he's the first quarterback to ever be benched, like he's the first veteran to ever have a business decision made where we're going to sit him, I do understand it's an awkward situation because yeah, it's not fun. he's got a long, successful resume, and they're essentially benching him to keep him healthy so they can cut him because the relationship is over. So it's like you're taking a break, but now you got to still live in the same house for a couple of weeks at the end of the year. That's not cool. That's, that's not a great look, but that's where you got to be a professional. So if it was him that left the team, I got a lot of questions he's still got to answer. So we know, it's interesting, because we know in Atlanta, for example, Marcus Mariota took the news so poorly that he bounced. He got mad and left, right? So now I know, I got a data point on Mariota. There's no doubt there, as far as as I know. Maybe you heard something different. No, that was definitely the report, and assuming that report is true, I'm good on Marcus Mariota. Right, now I know. I have Mariota on a list. It's a do not call list when it comes to me and my quarterback search, even for a backup. I'm not I'm not dealing with whatever that is. For Carr, it, it was very strange where you didn't get a definitive, as far as I could tell. Maybe somebody found something that I didn't. It could also be, though, like if you think about it, Mariota's been a, a Falcon for 16 minutes, okay? Yeah. He's a, you think of him as a Titan where he got drafted. He was a Raider with Derek Carr as his backup for a couple years. This was his first year in Atlanta. Maybe the Raiders, to protect Carr's legacy or whatever, Mm -hmm. in Oakland and Vegas, because he has been there for years. Long time. Maybe they didn't allow the story to get out 
that he took his ball and went home, overturned some desks, and said, I hate you all. I'll be at my house. So here's where I was going with it. And this is, again, I, I feel like I've been tinfoil hot Timmy today uh, for the first hour and 12 minutes of the show. I think they tried to protect his trade value. And just in the off chance that somebody's going to ship him something. I, I think that's what the hope is there. Well, well, how would that work? So in other words, if if, for, if, I, if I'm an opponent GM, if I'm a rival GM, or I'm someone that might be interested in Derek Carr, and I found out that he pouted and just took off, took his ball and went home because a, a bad team wanted to solidify their badness and play a kid, I, I may I maybe go, maybe I'm not as willing to to go after this dude. That's maybe, possible. I, I don't think as much of him. Because to me, that's, that's a glorified temper tantrum. I'm sorry you had adversity. It stinks. If you really did that, and again, I have no idea if you did or not. I don't know if it was mutual. I don't know. Well, here's what, what we know. Was. Yeah. After he got benched, he left the team. He was gone. The question is, and the way it was phrased in the media was, I think they said either mutually agreed or essentially the Raiders don't want him around because it would be a distraction to the team. I just took that as the spin cycle, like a washing machine. Right. I, I, I Something, one of the two sides there was so upset with the other one that they likely just didn't want them around. And my point is, you're onto something, maybe. If Derek Carr said, if you bench me, I'm not coming into work anymore. I'll be at home. Send my paychecks there. Yeah, I would be less inclined to trade for him or to sign him. That's a terrible look. That's not a cornerback or a wide receiver or a left guard, by the way. Right. This is a quarterback that has to lead the entire organization, has to put the team occasionally before himself, has to wear it after a loss, even if it's not his fault, has to deflect attention after a win when he it's all heaped on him. Your job, like a coach, is to say, no, it's the guys around me, it's the line, it's the receivers. But then when you lose, you're supposed to say, me, I, me, I. I can't have you rolling out with two weeks left after you get benched. Right. Freshman year of college, I'll give you an, a, an analogous story to me. I was dating a girl for a little while, and she dumped me. She started going out with one of my teammates. Now, she said it was mutual because she didn't look terrible in the eyes of friends and everyone else that she dumped one guy and went together with a dude like in the same position group. You know, like, it, it, that's not an awesome look for somebody. But she made it's like, no, we just decided we parted I ways. In the case, it's still not an awesome look, well, mutual it, or not. It, it ain't great. But she tried to salvage it that way. For me, it made me look a little bit better that I didn't just get rejected for another guy. Again, that I share a locker room with. It's like three lot, three stalls down from me. You know what I mean? So for me, oh, it totally was mutual. That was for my benefit. It wasn't mutual at all. I would say you were the only one that benefited from that. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure she did very much. Uh, well, it's she got asked a lot of questions and she thought that was the the best PR story. It's a that you know what? That's a lot like the Derek Carr situation. Similar, right? I think you can I see did. it now. You get it. Ah, uh, it all makes sense. You totally get it. Was this in Vegas? Was she wearing a Raiders sweater? Yes. How did you know ah, that? Ah, now now I get it. Uh so the question about Sam Howe we had asked before the break. And we'll take a couple calls on this next, 800-636-1067. If you're waiting, we'll get to you in a moment. Danny, I want you to weigh in on this. Do you think the commanders are viewing Sam Howell as the plan or an option they'd be okay with? And if that's the case, why did they put out that original thought that he is the guy? Like All offseason long, are they trying to trade for Rodgers? Are they trying to trade for Carr? Are they trying to go get Jimmy Garoppolo? Or are they saying... It's cool that those cars are available. We're not going car shopping. Mm. We have a car. Are they going to car lots and looking at cars or not? That's the question for me. Because I think... I, maybe I'll be wrong here. 
I believe that they think that their guy is already in the building. And if you hear them linked to other quarterbacks, I think it's mostly just because people think it makes sense. My guess is unless people are calling them, they're not going to do a whole lot of talking with other QBs. I don't think they want to spend a bunch of money at the position. I think they want to build up around Sam Howell. I may be overestimating the following, but this is how I see it. I think that anybody that's paid attention, because most of the time football fans, honestly, we have the memories of worms. You know, we just sort of move to the next thing. It's the next week or whatever. There's a few of us, though, that kind of remember series of events and how they built stuff. You, me, some of the other guys, right? I think last year's QB thing was so embarrassing, so bad in terms of how it makes this regime look, that they need to do the opposite of that this year. Remember, the instant the season ended, Ron came out and told us we're going to do better than Taylor Heineke. Right? We're, we're going out and we're going to find somebody. We won't stop. That's what we're missing. That's the missing ingredient. That's the thing. We're going to call everybody. I asked Joe Gibbs. He said to do this. They started calling every team. They, they couldn't wait to brag to you that they were going through everyone and everybody to find that quarterback, to find that long-term answer. They settled on a guy that was going to get cut, overpaid, paid him his full freight, and he stunk. Right? That saga that led to Carson Wentz and the floundering embarrassment was so awful because, again, if, no, if nobody had said, we're going to get you the best one, and they ended up with that, then nobody would have been, I don't think you'd, been, you'd have been as mad. They went about it. It was an embarrassment. They want to avoid, they're laying low. I think if they think they got a realistic shot, at, for the sake of argument, Aaron Rodgers, right? If if they find out through Rodgers' agent that it's down to four teams, they're one of them, they'll call. But they're not going to do this big public search again. They're not going to go through the dog and pony show well, of letting so, the whole world know. Okay, but so so they'll be less publicly desperate, and that that should be the case mm-hmm. for sure. But the question is, are they going to be trying to to do better? When I say trying, you're trying to upgrade at every position. But are they moving mountains to do better than Sam Howell like they did last year or not with Heineke? So my answer is is a short no, a longer. It's slightly more complicated than that, but for the most part, no. They're not. Gonna, they're not calling every. They're not calling every team in alphabetical order, asking about all the quarterbacks on the roster. This I year. mean, they are either one of the two things is true though. Either right now they plan and want Sam Howell to be the guy, mm-hmm. and they have a plan of doing a lot of other things in a lot of other positions, or they feel like they need to spend a bunch of that money on quarterback. One of those things is true. Yeah. So I, which are you saying? The first one. I okay. think they're fine with Howell. I think. I think Howell's the a a. We don't have to worry. This is, you know, worse. Our floor is very high here. It's a, we don't have to break glass in case of emergency. We're willing. We're very willing to go through this exercise this offseason with him. And to your point on um, what you had said when we were talking about, do you go get a car or not? How badly the things went last time? I think was what you were referencing with mm-hmm. Wentz. You have the same amount of money to spend on a car. Yeah, it, it's not what a car costs. You know what I mean? Right. Like. You basically have three grand, so you're going and you're getting beaters. They're, they're available for a reason, uh-huh. and you got this car that you hoped would last for a bunch of years in Carson Wentz. It didn't. You're 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 in the same pool again in terms of purchases. You're in the exact same bucket. Uh, we will see what you guys think next on the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines at eight hundred six three six one zero six seven. The question here is: Is Sam Howell the plan, the first choice, the preference? Or an option they'd be okay with, something they would settle for. Very, very different. It has been reported and couched as if it's Sam Howell time. And do you think that's actually the case as we get ready 
for the crazy quarterback offseason that is coming. You're listening to Grant and Danny. Back to throw it for the first time. Going over the middle has McLaurin reaching in for the end zone and a score. <laughs> this NFL stuff is easy. Pass number one of Sam Howell's career, a touchdown. The voice of Kevin Burkhardt, I believe. He is going to be on the call of the Super Bowl for the first time ever. A week from Sunday for Fox. Might be Greg Olson's only time getting to do the Super Bowl, though. Color commentator on the A-team for Fox. Tom Brady already has a 10-year, $375 million deal with them. I don't think it's to be on the B-team. My guess is he'll be doing Super Bowl calls. You would guess that he's uh, on his way to the A-team with B.A. Maracas and Colonel Hannibal Smith. Let's go to the phones. Question for you guys is about Sam Howe. Topic of the moment here, 800-636-1067. Is Sam Howell a placeholder or the real answer? Like, are they just telling people that they want to use Sam Howell as the guy, but then they're secretly trying to find a better option? Or are they really going all in? This is really the Sam Howell show, no matter what comes their way. I think that they plan on Sam Howell being the starter, and their offseason blueprint does not involve a substantial quarterback addition. The quarterback they'll bring in will be someone who is going to serve as his backup, They'll publicly suggest a competition, but it'll be someone who is not a real their threat. role mm. and is not threatening to how see Jacoby Brissett. High end, maybe like a Mitch Trubisky, as good as it could be. But I would say probably someone who's much more backup than even Trubisky, who as a top five pick still probably has some supporters. Let's go to Tony in Fairfax. Hey, Tony. What's up, Tom? Hey, fellas. Love the show. Appreciate um, you. So, Ron Rivera's old school, and back in the day, we used to have quarterbacks sit for a year. I mean, Philip Rivers sat, Aaron Rodgers sat for three years. Even Patrick Mahomes sat his first year when Alex Smith was starting. It's not, you know, out of the realm of possibility that they had Sam Howell sit. Eli Manning sat the whole first year. He played the last game. Same thing. You got Sam Howell, you know, watching a veteran quarterback play, uh, you know, I wish they would have kept the offensive coordinator, but it is what it is, learning a system. And it's his show. I think, you know, he's got the keys and, and he sat for a year and he's gonna he's gonna be the starting quarterback next year. He just mentioned something that I think needs to be brought up in this, which is if they were going to go with Sam Howell or Bust, like if they were dead set on Howell, shouldn't we think that that would have been a factor in whether or not Scott Turner was retained? Let me say it differently. I think I know what you're getting at. Like, what's best for Sam Howell? Right. If if they are definitely going with Sam Howell and they are not in the market for upgrades, that's Carr, that's Rodgers, that's whoever, Jimmy G, whatever, then every decision you make starting at the beginning of the offseason should be about getting the most out of that position with Howell there. I don't know. Maybe they feel like they have a better chance to develop him, to get more out of him if Zampezi's running the show or they have a new coordinator with a different set of eyes. Maybe... This is completely speculative, but Ron didn't like how he, you know, how meshed with Turner, whatever. But it would just seem on the outside looking in, 
to make the most sense to not have to learn a new offense. If this is all about how going into this season, that keeping the OC from last year, who he learned from, whose offense is the one now he's learned, and not having to have three offenses in three years if you count North Carolina, keeping him would have been the play if you're rolling with how, right? If, in in theory, right? If continuity was the most important thing. Let's so to play that scenario out though, that would tell me if the idea that Sam Howe could thrive in that current system, right, in what in what we just finished with, with Scott Turner company, it tells me there may have been a disagreement over Sam Howe among among that coaching staff, right? Because because on paper that makes a lot of sense. Whatever you think of Scott Turner, I, I happen to think it was time to move on, and, and probably somebody else's voice is, is very important there. But if it was, what's the easiest thing for Sam Howe to succeed and start to build the base for him to being a really good pro? Yeah, it's continuity, regardless of how how limited you think the system might be. Tells me, though, that there was some kind of other potential conflict there. So I don't have all the details. I kind of know enough to be dangerous, I would say. But I know that there were conflicting opinions internally on if Sam Howell should have played earlier, was prepared enough to play earlier, on Sam Howell fans in the building versus non-Howell fans in Mm -hmm. the building. I don't know how uncommon that is, frankly, with a young quarterback. I think that's normal. But... It stands to reason that if you're rolling with Sam Howell, which they've said publicly, and you get rid of your coordinator. You can figure out maybe who, who, what side everyone was on. connecting some dots. So I, I get what you're saying. I, I just don't know who was on what side. Right. But I know for a fact. I can do an educated guess. That going into the final week of the season, one of the reasons for that convoluted, circuitous, ridiculous couple of days where Heineke's going to start, but he's not going to play the whole game, but then Sam Howell might play, but... Now, actually, I changed my mind last night. One of the problems was that there were a lot of people talking to Ron Rivera, and there were a bunch of dissenting opinions. I don't know who was on what side. You draw a line in the sand. Who's the Lost Boys and and who's Rufio? I'm not sure. But one guy's out, and since then, they've basically said they're rolling with Hal. Andrew's in Stafford. What's up, Andrew? How are you? Hey, guys. How are you doing today? Hey, Bonnie. Just, uh... I think Howell's a plan A because he's the status quo. He's the easy answer, and it gives them cover. They said it early, and that means they control the narrative. So if they go into the season with Howell, that's what's their plan all along. And if they end up with Rodgers or top-flight quarterback, whoever, well, that was an opportunity that was too good to pass up, and Howell gets to learn from from an experienced veteran. There's no downside. But Okay, but here's my question then. I like that angle. And I kind yep. of followed up similarly with Danny, but I think I've thought of a better way to ask. I'm saying Sam Howell's written in pen, probably not Sharpie. It sounds like you're saying he's written in pencil. Is that fair? I would say he's written in, in pen, but if Rodgers is available... Or somebody else is available. You just start with a whole new sheet of paper. Yeah, you break glass. So and they, and they could. Thanks for the call. I mean, they could make it that simple with a Rogers, especially. I think that's unrealistic. So I kind of separate him. But but I'm thinking of that tier, right? Where you would go. We had a plan, go, but then let, let's use Jimmy G as the placeholder because okay. I think that's realistic. They tried to trade for him last year. 49ers have already essentially said he's going to be available. If Jimmy G's out there, do they? Try to do whatever that is again. Because that feels very Carson Wentzy to me. It's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. 
It's a commitment. You probably it's don't have an off ramp. You're not. He's not bringing Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and Christian McCaffrey with him. I don't think Kyle Shanahan's going to be calling your plays next year. It feels like you're setting yourself up for some problems. But you get my point with the yes. pencil, pen, or sharpie. I know exactly what you mean. Sharpie means we that there is no other option. We're married. We're dying, and we're getting buried together. Right? Pen is, in my opinion, means it's happening. I guess we could tear the piece of paper up if we need to. But I get the sense, and the reason we're even doing the topic here at 800-636-1067, I keep seeing all these people acting like, well, Washington would be a fit for this guy. Yeah, it's, Washington's going to go out. It's two or like, three a week, right? Like they wrote it in pencil, and they could just erase it whenever they want to. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's in pen, but they bought some white out. Just, you know, just in case, whatever whatever the apple of their eye becomes available. Again, I, I, I refuse to stop talking about it. I think last year colored their experience so badly, they just don't want anything about it brought up. Because it was so embarrassing how they started and how they finished and how that all went that this is the opposite of that. So if they're going to make some noise in free agency or in a trade for a quarterback, they're not going to give you the big preamble, the big build-up, the big promo to let you know, we have to move on from the thing that we have. They're telling you right now, hey, we trust this guy. And they realize that that's good red meat for the fans who's who've seen him play one game and he beat Dallas for goodness sakes. People are happy about that right now for the most part. Let's go to Kevin, who's in Arlington, on Grant and Danny. Kevin, what's up? Hey, boys. Buddy. You know what I keep going? What I keep going back to is he's going to have to earn it. Well, who against? Wentz is gone. Heineke. It doesn't seem like he's going to be the retread. Um, and, and I keep wondering, not in the first or second, or maybe even the third round, but is there a quarterback in the fourth or fifth? that people in that building still feel would be better. In so, so to me, it's just a total mystery. Plus, Dan Snyder's always involved with quarterback decisions, and he'll be involved with this one if he hasn't sold. I mean, so it's really hard for me to say pencil versus pen. I think the most fascinating thing is uh, Sam's upside, but also are they going to draft someone to compete head-to-head with him? And remember – in 86, the Skins drafted Griffin. In 88, they drafted Humphreys. Those guys competed with each other. Maybe there's something like that coming. I don't know. We'll see. Appreciate you, buddy. My guess would be they would do the you know, the Tyrod Taylor tier, the readily available journeyman quarterback. I've been around the league. My, there's some gray in my beard now. I can help you study. and, and help percent you prep. season. Yeah, seriously. There's, there's a, any dozen of those guys. Throw a dart at the board. In terms of the draft and doing it that way, that's, by the way, would be exciting to me. That's the kind of thing that I like. But if you're in self-preservation, my regime hasn't gone according to plan mode. I'm entering year four. You're not going to roll in with two kid quarterbacks under 23, right? That that wouldn't be what you would do for survival purposes. You can't. Right? I don't think you can play that game. I mean, you could, you could have two kid quarterbacks, 22, 23-year-old guys. You still would need a grown-up in the room. Even if they never touch the field, even if it's the third guy, you need your Colt McCoy sitting there, if yeah. you've watched Hard Knocks, talking with Kyler Murray about why, yeah, th- this is what you're looking for on this play. This safety is going to come down here. It's a quarterback's coach who's actually in it with you, who's actually in the foxhole, who's done this recently. Uh-huh. And I know you have a QB's coach, but it is invaluable to have a teammate next to you. I was watching D'Amico Ryan's press conference. I am a mark. Your I first just, team off press conference. You love it. I love introductory press conferences. If you've ever been hired as an NFL head coach, since about 1999 and done an introductory press conference, I've watched every minute of it. I've graded it out. Sometimes I'm very wrong. 
You know who blew me away was Matt Rule. When Matt Rule in Carolina gave his introductory press press conference, I thought that guy was going to win eight Super Bowls. I was like Matt Belichick. Uh, There are some where I call it right away. Jim Zorn, terrible introductory press conference. Yeah, that wasn't good. I knew this guy can't do this. So where are you on Dan Campbell? That's because that was the craziest press conference of all time. We yeah. like cry, talked about eating body parts, kneecaps were in danger. As a general rule, I still think Dan Campbell's a silly goose yep. for the most part. Um, what's interesting about Dan Campbell, and you could tell it at that time, is his players are going to love him. And you just, that, that's all that really matters mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Something to that. Um, but like, is Dan Campbell going to outsmart the coach across the field? Probably not. No. Uh, is he going to say something wacky? Absolutely. He'll wrestle the coach across the field if it comes to it. But D'Amico Ryans yesterday was introduced by the Texans, and I'm pulling like heck for him. First time a recent former player has been hired like they do in baseball. Guy was literally on the field six seasons ago. Uh, I grew up watching him play. Now he's a head coach. Like I'm all in on D'Amico Ryans. I want this to work so badly. And his press conference was was exceptional. It was really, really good. But, you know, I just – you're watching it in – I don't even remember how I started this now. I derailed you too many times. Yeah. That's my fault. God dang. You love D'Amico Ryan's press conference. We were talking about press conferences. I'm going to get back to the calls. Defenses. Just trying to figure out what I was talking about is probably young former players. Than something else. I don't know, but there were, there were a lot of asides we went on yeah. and now I got nothing. I killed that. I'll one. go back and listen to the audio in the break and try to make that point or I'll never make it again. Cause nothing matters. Chris and Culpepper. What's up? What's up, Chris? Hey, what's going on, guys? Um, I met Grant at a B-Dubs, I think, in December. I caught you just at the end, and I missed Danny. But um, well, That's not yeah. surprising. If, if, was you the show, that, if the show was over, yeah. you probably missed me. When did you come oh, in? Oh, yeah, the show was over. Uh, it was it was right towards the end. Like, maybe the you, you weren't even on the air. It was, like, right towards the end. Yeah. And did you see Danny running for the door, or was he already gone? I saw a flash of somebody outside. Yep. That was probably him. <laughs> yeah. I think if you saw like that, it was that movement in the parking lot. It very well could if have been If you timed that, I'd make money in the NFL draft. <laughs> yeah, you were definitely 4-3, you know, subpar 4-3. Uh, what do you got, bro? Yeah, so I like the analogy you're doing with uh, Sam Howell, right? I think what it is. Is you know they do you can do like a voice to text they did a voice to text the text is up there and they haven't sent it yet so you know if you know Aaron Rodgers comes around the corner they'll delete it put another text in there and they'll press send. Smell what you're cooking. Appreciate you. I remember the D'Amico Ryan's point. What was it? My point was you, having a player next to you who can coach and advise is invaluable. And D'Amico Ryan's was being asked like, dude, you're so young. How are you going to be a coach? You've only been coaching for five years. You're already a head coach. Why are you qualified? And his point is. I've been coaching since I was in college. My nickname in Alabama was Coach. They called me Cap my first year because of how I carry myself. This guy coaches now as a defensive coordinator and a head coach Mm -hmm. based on the fact that the Eagles brought him to Philly so he could coach Jordan Hicks in Houston. He was coaching Brian uh, Cushing, Cushing, the guy that got popped for PEDs every three hours. If you can bring in a veteran... To help Sam Howell, you got to do that. And even if they draft, they're not going to, but Anthony Richardson in the first round or whatever, you can have two young quarterbacks. If they draft another mid-round quarterback, whatever, fine. you got to have an older quarterback to go with them. By the way, this Coke Zero is hitting right now. I love it. I I really needed a little kick, and I feel good about it. You need a little punch. Well, sometimes... You don't feel it? You just need that right taste. Like, this is ice cold. Yeah. It's just bangerang. Uh, let's go around the room. I want to know what drink you 
occasionally crave that when it hits, it's, it, it hits. Uh, so for me, I'm going to go Coke Zero. Uh, Danny, the drink of choice for you, occasionally, it just it gets Very you rare. that right spot. Very rare, and it's hard to find. When you need it, dry mouth, sweaty, hot, the Citrus Cooler Gatorade Ooh. is perfect. Perfect. I like that one. Citrus Ryan, Cooler. drink that you always want, and every now and then it delivers the goods. Uh, this is an exclusive drink that I get down in the south at the beach. RC Cola. RC Cola. RC Cola is just bangerin'. And it's not just because my initials are RC. It just tastes like a Pepsi and a Coke married one another. When you were a kid, though, you loved the fact that your initials were on the can, I bet. Oh, of course. And, and I, go, This is my call, vending machine. I had an old coach call me RC Cola. Yaris? Um, this one is not very common. Sunkissed fruit punch. Sunkissed fruit punch. Delicious. You know Very what it, you know what it goes incredibly with? You wouldn't know this, GP. I haven't had that, by the way. Chinese food. Really? Oh, it Absolutely. Is perfect with Chinese food. I'm not a fruit punch guy. Uh, it's not a fruit punch. It's not a fruit punch. You're talking about the, you're talking about the orange one, right? No, the fruit punch. He, he literally sunkiss. said fruit punch yeah. three times. It's gotta be fruit punch. I take it back. I was thinking like the, no, tr- the old school sun kiss, the orange, the yeah, actual sun kiss soda. Is great. But it, it has caffeine in it. So yeah. like if you if you're looking for your caffeine, pick up sure. But like if you're you know drinking a soda late. Fruit punch. Sunkiss fruit punch. Brad wants to know who's faster, Mike to door time, you or Lurch in the 40 time. So seat positioning, I gotta step on him. So it's like being a left-hander, left-hander in the batter's box. Like you can net like a, if a righty and a lefty are the same speed, the lefty gets there first. I sit six feet to the left of where Jason does. Well, here's also why you beat Bish. Yeah. Bish is on his computer and he's like finishing an email or he's like typing something. He's locked in on something on his computer. Mm-hmm. He's doing some kind of draft with Skippy or whatever. Yeah. You have already packed up and closed your computer by the time the show ends. Yep. You're, you're already half step out the door. Yeah, I pride myself. In so that. you definitely are gone faster than. Bishop. I think I'm. I think I'm quicker. I think I, I'd like to challenge the king. Double play is next on Grant and Danny. What's going on in our lives? Nothing to do with sports. Right here on the fan. It's Friday, which means our double play is actually winning off the field. You tell us what little teeny tiny mini moral victory has taken place in your day. Don't do it for me. Don't do it for Danny. Do it for Bruce. Mm-hmm. We're winning off the field, but we got to start winning on the field. Jeeps, I'll tell you how I'm winning off the field. Maybe it'll help the people. It'll help inspire them at 800-636-1067. Listen to this. It's the sound of a Valentine's Day card that I got today. This is from Grant's sweet, adorable little girl. This Valentine's Day card, as written by your wife, but dictated. Dictated. So ghost written by your wife, but dictated by your daughter. It's to me. There are stickers on it. First of all, there's uh, one sticker of a cat holding a flower. There's a heart sticker. There's stickers of uh, puppies. I got a sticker of a fish. Uh, A sticker that says good temper. I don't know what that means, but it uh, Yeah. There's a key on it. Here's what it says. Hello. And also, happy Valentine's Day. Mm. Two things. Hello. And also. And also. Happy Valentine's Day. Love, Reagan. Then there's a picture of a heart, which is just heart melting, just adorable. But inside the heart itself is the word heart. Yes. So there's no confusion. It's mine. 
Therefore, I am. Winning off the field? 11 days early. Yep. Better to be early than late, I suppose. 100% correct. She found out it was Valentine's Day coming up. Yep. And she's just, for her, Valentine's Day is a fortnight. It's just, a, it's a season. Yeah. It's like Christmas season. Mm-hmm. Very excited about it. I, I got one, Grant. You got one? So it turns out that not only did Danny receive one of those notes from the lovely President Reagan. Mm-hmm. I got one as well. Look you at got this. one? Now, it features, features a sticker with some angels on the front. Uh-huh. has a, a sticker of a dog holding a rose in its mouth. Very adorable. And then it goes, hello. Happy Valentine's Day, Darius. And then it has a picture of a heart with, of course, the word heart the inside word it. Because I don't heart. want to be confused by that. And then it says, love, Reagan. Therefore, Great. I am. Winning off the field. Very similar to Danny. Seems like uh, she she had similar ideas when she was writing these cards. Are there any more? Yes, I have one as well. What? Wow, Ryan, I know. You made I the feel cut. A little this is bit, crazy. I feel a little bit less special. She's a big fan of Ryan Explains It All. She does love she Ryan. She loves it. This, this is my note. Hello. Do you have a jacket? Mm-hmm. And also, what kind of food do you have? Love, Reagan, to Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> with an R. Or with her R, which is awesome. I knew it was an R right yeah, away. That's right. And I loved it. Therefore, <laughs> I am. Winning off the field. R is the main letter she can do. Do you have a jacket? What with R for Reagan. So I, I do like the quick pivot there. From It says, to Ryan, do yeah. you have a jacket? Yeah. Yep. And then it's, uh, <laughs> and also, what kind of food do you have? Well, Reagan, I have so much food. You do. I get, you, you know what? I'll, I'll give my food to Grant. Who will then give it to Reagan. There you go. There you go. Maybe she wanted to know what you're having for lunch. Do you have a jacket? He said to me, he's like, what does she mean by do you have a jacket? I'm like, there's not really a whole lot of meaning there's to There's not a lot of mean here. I think that she was at the table. Yep. My guess is while dictating to my wife, she was looking around for words in the house and she mm-hmm. saw her jacket on the table or like on a chair and said, do you have a jacket? Yeah, you're at the, and you're at the food table. So the, she They're, saw some they food. They may have been having a snack. And yep. then she said... What kind of food do you have? I'm so curious what kind of food you have. Let's go to Rich, who's in only. What's up, Rich? Richard? How you guys doing today, man? Hi, Bonnie. Doing well. It's kind of funny you're talking about Valentine's Day. I got a package delivered to the house. And I've asked my wife several times, you know, please don't open my packages. Well, she opened the package, which contained all of her Valentine's Day presents inside. She was so upset, said, I am so so sorry. This is a great Valentine's Day present. I got a full apology, and I think I just got out of Valentine's Day dinner as well. Therefore, I am winning off the field. Congrats, what buddy. a success story! And we all know that's like the one time all year where he has to have dinner with his wife. Otherwise, he just cooks meat on his grill with a bunch of guys. No, just his buddies are in town, and she's not. George in Waldorf. Hello, summer of George. Hey, what's up, fellas? How you doing? Hey, buddy. Hey, uh, so. I got, I got my dad to watch all three kids, five, two, and one, for the next couple hours so me and the wife can go out and have some margaritas, so therefore I am. Winning off the field. Wow, where are you guys going? We're going to a little spot, Tequila Grill, down in Charlotte Hall, where I, you know, right by the house, not far away. Look at you. There's a tequila grill in every county. Tequila season. I tequila. feel like Tequila. Love it. Good Enjoy yourself. You, man. Have a great hey, night. Hey, fellas, thanks. See you, buddy. That's a great feeling. When, when you know, kid-free, meal, no one bothering you, you're not at IHOP and they're not trying to knock over your coffee all over the floor. I don't have coffee, but I've seen that You've happen You've seen it before. happen, yeah. That's a great feeling. Skipping through life, man. That's the best.
Beltway Blitz comes your way next on Grant and Danny. 5 o'clock, 13 teams ranked in quarterback attractiveness. Where do Washington show up? Darren Ravel's on the show at 6 plus in five minutes. Top of the hour here when we kick off the Blitz. We're giving away tickets to go see Nickelback when they come to town. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 